we really do mean it when we say friends. We are so excited to be launching a brand new podcast series today, Friendship for Real Women. We know that we're created for community, but so many of us are struggling to experience abundance in our relationships, and we want to talk about why. We're praying these episodes leave you encouraged and feeling equipped to actually enjoy your relationships a little bit more. Listen in, maybe even tell a friend about this series, and let's see what God might do in our relationship as we dig in. All right, friends, we are here in our brand new series, Friendship for Real Women. But before we even dig in, let's don't ignore the elephant in the room. It's about to be the holidays. I actually don't know a lot about how you celebrate the holidays, Kanisha, and that is something I want to know. So (laughs) what do you have coming up? What does Thanksgiving look like? What do the next few weeks look like? What are you excited about? I think Thanksgiving for me has always been really Thanksgiving and Christmas, the holiday season in general, has always had this like warm fuzzy feelings attached to them. Obviously, as I've moved away from tradition of the South with big mm-hmm. family gatherings and things like that and living here in Seattle now, that looks a little different. We actually have some best friends of ours that we have done life with essentially for like 15 years. And literally for probably 10 to 12 out of those 15 years, our families get together with their family and extended family Mm. and do the holidays. So unless we are traveling either to Michigan, which is where my husband is from, or down south to Alabama and Georgia, which is where I'm from. So we have been adopted, if you will, into this family that has become family when we are not with our own blood-related family. So yeah, lots of food. I mean, again, Southern tradition, like I feel like I can say that, you know what that means because Mm -hmm. you're from Charleston, but obviously like just, I still do a lot of very much like soul food, you know, collard greens, cornbread, real stuffing, not like box stuffing. Sorry if that's offensive to anyone. (laughs) You can't, I don't, we don't do box stuffing around here. Yeah. And lots of Christmas fun light, you know, like looking at lights and lots of fun activities that they have here. So yeah, holidays are, are, are really still really fun. Even with COVID, we've tried to like keep some of the tradition. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I don't think I know this about you. I don't actually don't know that I could guess either, but are you a Black Friday shopper? Like, do you go into a store on Black Friday? I used to be like hardcore Black Friday. Like, yeah, we've been married for 20 years. I still, as a matter of fact, have a griddle that I bought our second year of marriage with my husband at like Kohl's on a Black Friday for like $5. Because if you haven't done Cole's Black Friday, you haven't done Black Friday. I'm just saying, (laughs) FYI. (laughs) (laughs) But now, I don't know if you're a big Black Friday shopper, but like I do not really do Black Friday anymore because it's just not the same. It's become so commercialized and like so stale and just not fun. So Mm -hmm. not much Black Friday shopping anymore. Online. I do a lot of small business shopping and because hello, small business, and also a lot of online shopping in general. Yeah, I love it. I'm kind of coming full circle about Black Friday. I grew up with a single mom who was like, this is when we make it happen. So we would do 5 a.m. Black Friday, get everybody's Christmas gifts that day. And then I similarly got a little bit like disenchanted with it. And, but I think this year I may... 
I don't know. I think this year I definitely go hard on small businesses and I'm really thoughtful about like just paying attention to my friends who have businesses. What are you guys doing? What, you know, what's exciting But I think I may try to do like family gifts. That's about all that we buy for is our family. I think I may try to go do family gifts on black Friday morning by myself. You know? Yeah, that sounds really cathartic. Maybe just like get it out of the way. And because I'm also notoriously not really, I don't buy a single gift until like the 15th of Christmas because as a small business owner, well, as you know, like you're, I'm wrapping up the year. And so then all of a sudden it's the 15th and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gifts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to try it this year. <laughs> I think I might like go by myself, get a big coffee, make a list, see what it's happens. It's the by myself for me. It's the by myself. <laughs> Oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. I want to talk about friendship. The thing is, we want to talk about friendship, but the deal is it could be a little traumatic. Like we could bring out so many stories that genuinely this podcast might start to feel like a counseling episode. And and while we want to be real and while we want to be honest, you know, we also want to leave you guys up lifted. <laughs> Y'all are our friends. And so we don't want you to end this podcast and think like, well, I'm not encouraged. That was really disturbing. But so I've been thinking about stories to tell. And I wanted to tell you, Kanisha, this story and our friends listening about my friend. I'm going to change the name in the moment right now. I'm making up a name. Smart. I'm going to call her Olivia. I've actually never had a friend named Olivia. So this is totally safe. But I had a friend named Olivia in fifth grade, who was my absolute best friend. And we grew up together and we were best friends through all of elementary school. And she was having a huge end of year party. Like we're out of elementary school. We're we're big on to middle school kids now. So she's throwing this huge party at Olivia is, and I'm hearing about it. She's telling me about it and she's excited about it. And at some point I realized there were printed invitations to this party, which I didn't really roll like that. I didn't have the kind of parties where you had printed invitations, but she did. And I mentioned to Olivia, Hey, I never got an invitation to the party. And she was like, Oh yeah, that's intentional because I always see you. And this is really for people that I don't always see. Like you're always there. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be there. And I'm kind of, you know, I want to see people that I won't always see or that I won't see this summer. That was a lie. Like in the minute, in the minute she said it, I realized she's moving on. Mm, Like she has intentionally made the decision that in middle school, I'm not her girl anymore. And it was so interesting and strange. And I was a really deep kid and I was an overthinker, but there was something in me. I know, imagine. But there was something (laughs) in me, even as a fifth grader that like looked in her face and was like, you're done with me. Okay, that's it. And she was. We were never friends again. And that's how she did it. And that's how she did it. She just let me know, like, you're not coming to this party. And and I think she was smiling when she said it. So I share that just to say that one's like kind of light and funny, but also kind of not. But we could share mm-hmm. a lot more present day stories <laughs> that are maybe like sound maybe a little funny and light. Kind of yeah. <laughs> right? Like, okay, that was deep. Give me a minute. That was deep. That was rejection. That's when it started. Or maybe that's just like another moment that it was already going. But I'm wondering about you, like any like funny, light, but not so much stories <laughs> that you 
<laughs> that you might have to share in regards to your struggles here? Gosh, I feel like when I think about my friendships, not in my adult life, but like middle school, high school, college, and I think about situations, for some reason, I'm going to share this story, and this is literally like off the top of my head. It's also a middle school story. I was in the sixth grade. I won't even mention names because I'll probably say one that will still like end up being someone that I've known in my life. So I'm just horrible at that. But I was in the sixth grade and there was a girl who was known in the school for being a bully, although she was never really a bully to me until one day, one morning, also, this girl lived in my neighborhood. I knew her family for context. Like, we'd known each other since elementary school. Like, I knew this girl. And one morning, I was sitting in the cafeteria, you know, like those days where you sit in the cafeteria before the first bell rings, those days, like the best days. Oh, yeah. I don't think kids do that anymore. At least they don't do that here. But I'm sitting in the cafeteria and I had my purse sitting on my, on the table in front of me. And this young girl comes by and snatches my bag and she runs out of the cafeteria with all of my things, my what? money, my belongings, my things, right? So I get up, I run after her, of course, because hello, it's my stuff. I yell her name in from the hallway where I'm standing at the entry of the cafeteria, like, hey, so-and-so, you need to bring my, my purse back. She turns around and she looks at me and she literally swears at me and like, threatens me essentially and starts to walk the opposite direction. So what do I do? I ensue. So <laughs> the chase is on. I catch her. I, this is actually a funny story, but I'll, there's a point I'm bringing it to here. I catch her. I grab my bag. She literally starts to try to like fight me. So like literally in the middle of the hall in sixth grade, I'm fighting this girl that I know who has taken my purse, which is really weird. And I don't know if she was just joking. Who am I? I, I don't know what she's going to do with it. You know, maybe she's going to steal my money or maybe she's just going to put it in the toilet or like, I don't know. We're going at it. I take my bag. I literally hit her in the face with my purse at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's on. I'm, like, I'm we sorry. Are you guys couldn't just see my face. I dropped my jaw. Keep going. Yeah. We're fighting. A teacher comes out of her room and she's like, girls to the office right now. And I literally stopped, dropped my bag. I'm in the hallway and I'm like back in the moment. And I'm like, I was just fighting someone at school. I've never fought a day in my life at that point. Not that it wasn't in me, but I chose not to. <laughs> but I'm like, she, you know, this was instigated. So here I am, you know, I'm sobbing, crying. Because all I could think was, I'm going to get in so much trouble when I have to go and call and tell my family that I was I'm suspended essentially because I got into a fight. So we got suspended for the rest of the day. We, had, we got to come back the next day. Here's the thing. The story, the whole point of the story is that I don't really know what the point of the story is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I can always make a point out of something. So the thing is, this girl and I, there was definitely tension there before that happened. And we fought it out the wrong way. We had a physical like confrontation, but we were friends the next day. And I remember like my grandmother used to always tell me, like, especially when it came to people who were intimidating or, and not that friends should never be that, just to be clear. Like friends should never be bullies, friends should never be intimidating. That's not a friend. But she would always tell me like, you have to like show people that you're not afraid of them. Like if you have to like show that you, 
if you have opportunity, if someone's giving you an opportunity to defend yourself, make sure you do that. All those rules, whatever. So I did that that day. I did not get in trouble. But I think that what I take from that is that when it comes to friendship, it makes me think about boundaries, that particular situation, you know, like, yeah. again, really, really like weird way to kind of give this example. We don't fight our friends physically, but I think that that whole story makes me think about confrontation and friendships, being able to do it the right way. Again, we don't have physical confrontations with our friends, but sometimes yeah. we do need to come to a point where we can come together, talk about things that are hard, talk about things that make our stomachs pity. And I know we'll get into this in, the, in this episode, but that's a funny story. I had a fight with a friend, but I think it actually just taught me boundaries, honestly. Like, I mean, in all seriousness, like it taught me how to advocate for myself. And, I, you know, I think that's really important in relationships and friendships that we have mutual advocacy. Like we can respect each other enough or honor each other enough that we can, you can come to me and you can advocate for yourself if I've crossed a boundary or I can come to you and obviously do the same. Yeah. So yeah, funny story. I've had a physical too, actually in my life, I had to fight quote unquote friends or people that I've known. But I've also over the years had to have a lot of difficult conversations with real friends too. So I mean, we're having, uh, during this series, we're going to have some conversations with some of our real friends. So you're going to have a conversation with a friend who is an actual friend of yours. I'm having a conversation with a friend of mine in a few weeks on the podcast who I have had a physical altercation with. And so I will share about that. And you guys didn't see my face because it just dropped. Like my jaw just dropped. <laughs> That's coming. That's, That's coming. That's a story we'll talk I want to hear. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. But listen, this is what I want to say about both of those stories. I actually had a friend. I had a friend one time who said she was talking about friendship and she said, listen, I missed this lesson in elementary school. And that's the way she said it to me. She said, I missed this lesson in elementary school. I don't know how to do friendship. I don't know how to do this. And I looked at her dead in the face and I said, literally, I think that's how every woman feels. To some degree, I think we all a little bit feel. Now, right now in your head, if you're like, nope, not me. I've always been a great friend. Like, well, that's great. God bless you. Lord bless you and keep you. We'll read your book on friendship. We can't wait for it to come out. But for the rest of us, you're probably imagining someone else that you're like, not them, not this person. And I'm telling you, I've talked to girls with tidy lives and messy lives. I've talked to stay at home moms. I've talked to businesswomen. I have talked to people who have two friends and people who have 200. And <laughs> I think all women a little bit feel like, I don't know how to do this. I don't have what it takes. I'm not adequate enough in some way, shape or form. And so that's part of why we want to talk about it. And Honestly, I want to hear your thoughts here, Kanisha, but for me, just putting that on the table is the freedom. Like just saying to other women, you think you don't know how to do this right? None of us do. Yeah. That is the freedom. There's no like the three-step plan to be better at it, but knowing we're meant for this, we're made for this. And also you didn't miss a lesson on it. Yeah. I would agree with you hundred percent. I think you know, the freedom is vulnerability, right? Like when you say, I don't know how to do this. I'm actually not good at this. And maybe that's even where a lot of the tension comes from in some of our relationships is this idea or inability to not voice or inability to voice or choosing not to voice the fact that we are insecure. 
because I think that also speaks to me to insecurity, you know, like it can produce insecurity when I think that someone expects something of me that I actually don't have. Right. Yeah. So then I'm insecure about my abilities to actually give that thing when in actuality, we're kind of in the same space. Like you actually didn't learn that. I didn't learn that we're in the same space, but until I can articulate that voice that then there's this, this expectation that I think each of us brings to the table and it creates a little bit of tension in the space where, again, like you said, it, doing the opposite of that brings a lot of freedom. So 100%, I agree. Okay. Can I be a little vulnerable right here? And please, can I use a real life <laughs> example? I could be wrong, but so I'm like going out on a limb here. Yeah. You and I are on a group chat, a group thread. Is that what the yes. kids call it? Let's say like a group chat, yeah. group whatever, chat, yeah. whatever. We'll We're on a group it text we thread. We'll call it what we want to call it. We particularly (laughs) call it mini fridge friends. And we're not going to tell you why. Because that's our secret. (laughs) (laughs) We call it the group chat is called mini fridge friends. This is our shout out to the mini fridge friends. We love you. We bless you. And the mini fridge friends is a robust chat. It is. We talk about everything. We talk about everything. We talk about theology. We talk about our careers. We talk about our families. We talk about our friends and what we're praying for. We talk about our health. We talk about our marriages. It's a robust text thread. So here's my vulnerable offering. I saw one of our friends who I will not say her name because she did not consent. I saw her recently and we were talking about the text thread and she said, I'm always like so behind. Like I feel like the weakest link on the mini fridge friends. And I said, Hey, I actually do too. And I said, I think that's kind of the point of it is that we're like, if that was somebody's only whole job, they could just spend all day texting on it. But there's like seven women on it. So the point is like, you pop in when you can, you add when you can, you take what you need. But if you approach it, with a mentality of lack or like, I'm not enough, or I have to prove something here, you will consistently feel like you're behind. Yes. So I'm curious, have you ever felt that way about the mini fridge friends text thread? Sometimes, sometimes, but I think in general, I'm learning for whatever reason, I'm, I feel like I'm being forced in this season and I'm okay with it to learn how to just keep my mouth shut. And like, not that that I haven't learned that in different ways over time. But I think in this season, in a particular way, I feel like God is asking me to do that. And so I'm leaning into the fact that like, I don't have to have something to say about everything. Like, yeah. which is a mind blowing thought, <laughs> you know, like, or it seems like it, duh, of course you don't. Like, I know that very much like in a heady way, but like in a heart way, I don't think I've really, like, I feel like God's like, there's such a deep answer for this, <laughs> for this question, but But I do, I feel like God is like, you actually in your heart, like you you get that in your head, but like, I want you to get it in your heart. Like you don't need to convince or you don't need to like always interject or like always have a thought about something. Like it's okay to let things marinate. It's okay to let things be quiet. Like it's okay to let other people, you know, have a thought or idea that you don't have a thought or idea about their thought or idea. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm always thinking words are always in my head, you know, all these things. So. I do feel that way or I have felt that way, but I've had to check myself. That's a short answer. Well, I like the short answer and I like the long answer because, I mean, the long answer is really what I'm after because I think that's what a lot of us are feeling. Like what if, so this new conjecture I'm putting on the table is what if, insert the small ways and the big ways you feel inadequate in friendship. I don't have this to offer. I can't bring this to the table. What if really 
your presence is the present. Yeah. What if you being exactly where you're at, at the pace in life that you're at with what you actually have to offer? Yes. What if that is enough for your friendships? Yeah. I don't know. And I will say that this person, even though this doesn't directly relate to this specific conversation as in like friendship series, but I know who you're talking about, I think. And this person, whenever they do say something, it always brings value to the conversation. A hundred percent. And those are my people. Like not the ones who are always using words and always have something to say, but the people who like when they do have something to say, it's not necessarily like the most extremely profound thing, but it's the most like succinct and effective, you know, thing. So yeah. yeah. So good. I love it. Okay, let's transition really quickly. We have got a quick message that we want you to hear from our friend Hensley. Hey gals, Hensley here from Team Go and Tell Gals. As we are talking about friendship, we want to share with you about our Go and Tell Gals Facebook community group. It's different than our usual Facebook page because we have space for connections and conversations to help women on mission move forward. Join us for live coaching, the latest merch deals, and posts from our team and the Go and Tell Gals community. If you are seeking community and interested in connecting with women from all over, join the Go and Tell Gals community on Facebook. Join with the link in the show notes. We can't wait to talk to you more about friendship with you in this group. Okay, so I've been thinking a lot in this season about what it is that I need from the people who are around me. And actually, like, speaking of checking things, like checking my expectations of people and asking myself if they're realistic. I think a lot of therapy in the season has guided me into this space of reevaluating some of the reasons that I need some of the things that I need. And if those things are related to things, you know, from my past, perhaps childhood and those types of seasons, or if they're just realistic things that are basic human needs or like basic needs in a relationship. So I think that it, like, let's talk about, you know, what it is that we're actually looking for in relationships. I think when, for you, like when you think about friendship that you, friendships that you've had in your life, as you've journeyed through friendships, you know, from let's call it 25 to now, right? Like Mm -hmm. the whole, the scope of those relationships have obviously changed and your needs have changed as you've journeyed through different seasons from single to married to mom, right? And now, you know, business owner and all those things. So how would you say for you, like, how has that progressed over time? Like, would you, like, what did that look like when you were 25 versus now? My needs have drastically changed. And I, I don't know if this frees anybody up. You may be like me and this may encourage you and you may be nothing like me and this may encourage you, but I am the kind of girl who is very aware of what I need in friendship. And I'm pretty aware of what I have to offer. It's not an afterthought for me. I think we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not like, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, this is clear. I, this, these yeah. Are the... This is what I, if it's not fitting these, these objectives, it's actually not going to be very helpful for me. Now, that being said, I have actually, God is really releasing me from that a lot where I'm, I'm doing better at 
at like letting things be what they are and being curious about things. But I used to be, even a few years ago, it probably got it to its zenith a few years ago. And if someone would ask to have coffee with me, I would say, why? Like genuinely, why? what do like you mean? Like to them. Me? Yeah. What's the hope? What, what's going to happen? After? Are we going to go again? Are we going to go every month? What's the expectation? Are we gonna, yeah. Like, why are we going to coffee? Because that became such a like cultural, like, let's just go grab coffee. But then I was having coffee with so many people and, and I just knew what I had to offer. And it wasn't that I'm like horrible at small talk, those kinds of things. I was like, I'm not what you need, actually. I'm not your coffee girl. I'm not what you think I am. (laughs) (laughs) I know you think I am. I'm not going to give you what you think I'm going to (laughs) give. No, I'm not. You know me. I'm like, that is the last thing you want from me is small talk. So that being said, it's, yeah, it's changed a lot. In my 20s, I needed people to, like, when you use the phrase do life with, I know a lot of people don't love that phrase or they like roll their eyes at it, but there's no better phrase. I think that we said that on our first episode of this season. Yes, That was one of the cheesy phrases. Yeah, we did. We said like, we're done with that phrase, but you can't really be done with it. It's helpful. For sure. I needed women to come over and bring their babies to my house so we could put our babies down for nap together and talk. I needed friends to go on walks with. I needed friends to go to the grocery store with. I needed women to just kind of like consistently be with. So I would say if you were going to relate that to say like the five love languages, I needed quality time. Yeah. I just needed women in my space. And I really, really deeply craved that for about a decade. I just wanted women in my space. If I was going somewhere, I wanted to go with you. And I think a lot of that for me particularly had to do with kids. Like I just, you know, three-year-olds, five-year-olds, seven-year-olds aren't awesome company all the time, you know? (laughs) Just not awesome. They're just, they're great as humans, but you can't talk to them. They can't ask how you're doing. So I need a company. Now, a shift for me that happened in the last few years is that my kids, not only did they turn into really great company, but also their bustling personalities burst forth. And all of a sudden I had had four kids and now I had four humans who had ideas and had thoughts and would genuinely ask me how I was doing and, and also needed to talk about how they were doing. And all of a sudden my capacity for quality time plummeted. Yes. And that makes sense. It has stayed there. (laughs) My capacity, my craving of quality time has stayed there. And so I want to know if you relate to this. I started saying this a few years ago, like maybe two or three years ago. If somebody would ask me, what do you need from a friendship? I would say, I need you to be going after God in whatever he's given you to do. I think you've said that to me a lot, not as in a resp- in response to me asking you, you know, what do yeah. you need from me? But more like in, as a general statement, like you're like, how can I support you in this endeavor? Kind of. Yeah, that's for sure. I got really obsessed with that. This idea that I think my best life now as a friend is like, you know, we're two soldiers running through a forest and I'm shouting at you like, keep going and you shout back at me. And so I would say even in the last few years, again, it's another thing God's kind of softened for me of like, it's okay if people don't have really full lives. It's okay if I have a friend who's going through a season where she doesn't know what God's calling her to. Like, that's okay. That can be beautiful and good. And so all that being said, wrapping it up to like what I need now, I'm fully prepared to be very vulnerable right now. And I'm <laughs> I just not you even your vulnerability. I know. I'm like, <laughs> this, this is the most Enneagram eight thing to do is that when we're being vulnerable, we need you to know, we need you to know, like, this is it for me. But I was, so I'm going to tell you that I am like 
desperate for words of affirmation. And that's it. Okay. Okay. I, that's Noted. it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't need, don't buy me a gift. I won't even think about it. Don't take out the trash. Don't care at all. You know, I don't need to see you, which I'm blessed. If you need that, I'll make time for that. You know, but like, I just need to know that you think that I'm okay and that I'm doing okay. And that's about it. That feels really vulnerable to say because Mm. I know all the gospel things about why I should be getting that from God. And and I am. And I think you, as my friend, you know that. Like, I'm getting that from God. It's just something I also really crave for my friends. Okay, that was vulnerability hangover. I need to You're like, okay. (laughs) I'm turning my mic off. Your turn. (laughs) First of all, oh my gosh, I love you. First of all, I have to be a word nerd for just a second and, and pull out one word that you said. Maybe this is like a moment in every series. I don't know. It's a word that you don't hear often, but I love that word. So I'm adding it to my vocabulary this week and I'm going to use it in every way I possibly Man, can. Man, we are just so. really serving you guys today. Vocabulary, <laughs> vulnerability. What about you? What do you need? Yeah, I think mine have become more and more clear as well in this season. I need honesty. I need integrity. I need loyalty. And those things seem really simple and again, like no brainers, but I think that, ooh, I think that as <laughs> Jess looks up like, what, what's that? What's that sound mean? This season has been very interesting, which means it's been a troubling, trying, challenging season in the area of friendships and relationships. So I think I have come into a space where I'm realizing those are things that I've always needed. Hello, eight wing seven. But more than ever, like I still value those things. And it's also something that I realize that I have given, which hopefully doesn't sound narcissistic-ish <laughs> or prideful, but I think it's worth evaluating yearly, maybe, you know, like what am I giving and what is it that I'm asking people to give in return, right? Like, it's like you said at the beginning of what you were sharing, like, I know what I can give. I know what I bring to the table. You know, again, I think what feels weird about that is some of us who have grown up in church and church culture, you know, that teaches us in some ways, it's obviously very biblical, very scriptural, you know, to not look at ourselves too much, to look at other people and serve other people. I think that in some ways we've kind of twisted that a little bit and not intentionally, but I think it is good for us to look at ourselves as the created, as those who are image bearers and see the beauty in us and what God has gifted us and has given to us and be able to see that for what it is and show that to others through relationship and say, this is a gift that not I am a gift, but which I mean, maybe I, I but some days I feel like, hey, I yeah. am a gift, you know, but like, this is what I have to bring to the table. This is what I have to offer. So all that to say, integrity, honor, very basic things, but the things that are very hard to come by, I feel like these days as well. I mean, even within a lot of Christian relationships, you know, like with Christian women, I feel like we get so caught up, myself included, right, in culture. And we have allowed culture to dictate a lot of the ways that we interact with each other, the ways that we treat each other, the way that we love each other, And so I think it's, for me, this season has looked like time to pull back and really evaluate 
number one, what I'm allowing culture to dictate in my life. Is culture dictating that or controlling that or guiding that more? Not that culture, I think culture in some ways it's sometimes good, right? Like I don't think it's always bad. That's not the way I see that. I think that it shouldn't be primary, but it can have space as long as it's healthy in a healthy way. But scripture, Jesus, Bible should always precede that. So yeah, that's really it for me, honestly, simply. I need those things. And I'm not just going to ask, I'm realizing in the season, I'm not just going to ask for something that I can't give or that I'm not giving. So you, in a relationship with me, like I'm not going to ask you to give me something that I'm not willing to give, which again, seems basic, but it's amazing how many people actually don't understand that. I couldn't agree more. And I'll tell you what else. I mean, when you were saying like, I, I do kind of consider myself a gift in this season. <laughs> Number one, I think it always helps me to say the opposite of something. And I will tell you that nothing is harder for me than being in a relationship with someone who does not believe that they bring anything to the relationship. True. Nothing is harder than being in a relationship with someone who says, I don't know what I have to offer here. And I'm like, well, well, I, <laughs> now my, now my work is like extra because Let me I encourage have to, you. Yeah. Let me, let me encourage you to be a friend to me. Let me encourage, let me, and that's not to say this is all with like a, this massive banner of like, everybody has low days. Everybody hits a moment where they say, Oh, I just feel like a mess here. Or I feel like a failure here. Or, you know, like I let you down. But that being said, it would be wild to come to any relationship. Imagine coming to a marriage, imagine coming to like work, imagine coming to any relationship where you say like, I don't really, I'm just kind of in it for me for like what I'm going to get out of this. It's not really going to help you at all. Like that's not friendship. So I think it's actually beautiful to say, I want to enjoy you. I want to encourage you, but also like, I'm, you know, I'm going to be blessed by you and I'm going to be blessed to be a blessing back to you. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Super honest moment there. Yeah. I was just going to say the honest moment for me and you saying that the first thing I think, which is so bad. Not really. It's not so bad. <laughs> Internal dialogue happening out loud. I love it. The first thing I think about is weakness. It makes me feel, and I think it's the aid in me, you know, it feels very weak and like, I'm going to have to invest more. There's going to be more output on my end because I'm going to work, like you said, to like make you believe something about yourself. And again, everybody has moments and days. I felt that way. I've been like, oh my gosh, what do I have to give to my people in this house? You know, like, I have nothing to give or publicly, like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, there are definitely those moments, but by and large, I think if that's something you're thinking about on a daily basis, maybe it's time for some really good coaching and therapy. And maybe if it's not something you actually think, but it's something you've been trained to say, yeah, this is a great moment to say, you don't have to say that in your, in your friendships. You don't have to belittle yourself to love someone well. So good. Okay. I love that you were able to identify honesty, integrity, loyalty. Like these are things I value. These are things that I bring to the table. It really matters. Yeah. It matters to me. So here's, here's kind of my final question I want to dig into in this intro into the series. When you know what you crave from a friendship, when you know what makes it good for you and that is broken, or even there's like a small boundary line stepped over, what do you do? And we're gonna we're gonna talk more about it in this series. But I wanna hear like, yeah, like what do you do? What do you what do you do when a friend lies? What do I personally do? 
Like, what are you asking me this question? I mean, maybe even I'm asking like, what do you want to do? What have you done? I'm going to genuinely think too about like, okay, when my values feel broken, what do I do? I am going to say this, like actually in this series, I, you, you mentioned, I talked to a friend and one of the friends that I talked to in the series, actually, we talk about a moment in our friendship where I crossed the boundary and she communicated to me about that. And that actually taught me, number one, how to advocate for myself, but also it made me love her more. We'll enjoy that conversation later. But for me, I think even more so now in this season, I will take a couple of days to pray about it. But what I realize is that if I don't communicate that a boundary has been crossed, let's just say specifically within, you know, that issue, someone has crossed a boundary, whatever that boundary is, or maybe it's not so harsh, like maybe someone just made me feel unappreciated, right? Or like unloved, which are also big for me, you know, like, sure. But it's always on me. It's my job to either communicate the boundaries ahead of time, right? Like if it's a 10 year relationship, I probably should have communicated boundaries at least eight to nine years ago. Yeah. So I think if that happens at 42 years old, I am going to communicate that there's been a boundary that's been overstepped. That is important to me because I have seen what not communicating that the boundary has been overstepped does to the relationship and does to me. Yeah. And probably ultimately to the other person as well. So absolutely. You know, they say like, if you're, if you're angry at someone or you're frustrated with someone, it's typically because there's been a boundary overstepped that you've not communicated. Right. So, and I have seen that in action in my own life and I hate living in that space. Also eight wing seven. Like I love conflict because it brings resolution because it brings restoration. So I actually am of the personality, which I don't care what your Enneagram number is. Like, I don't think that we get to like, you know, dismiss anything because of our personality or like put something off on our personality. So it's just not my style. I think that God gives us a strength and we have the Holy Spirit and like we are empowered to do hard things by him, like regardless. So we have to, by the grace of God, learn how to advocate for ourselves because we have the best advocate in the whole wide world, who is the Holy Spirit, who gives us the wisdom and the knowledge and the ability to do those things. So be blessed by that. But it is very important to me that not only do I have the space in a relationship to communicate things like that and be vulnerable because that also takes vulnerability. It's a risk because you don't know if the other person is going to receive it well. But at some point, again, that comes down to value and identity as well. Like you have to understand that you are valuable enough. Like you are good enough. Like you are worth it, right? To advocate for yourself, to communicate value and it communicates value um, to the person when you're able to bring troubles, burdens, hurts to them. So yeah, I think for me, it looks like talking to the other person, not immediately, but soon enough so that things don't sit in bitterness and resentment and all these things don't begin to brew. Okay. I, as you were talking, I was thinking, and I was like, all right, I want to be honest about what I actually do, what I've learned to do by doing it the wrong way, which I would say, you know, we can synthesize really quickly. The wrong things that I've done in the past has been not talk about it. I agree. Same with you, like not communicate boundaries for years and years and years. But I will tell you also something else that I've done is not only does not communicating boundaries then 
empower that person to keep doing the thing that's hurtful to me. But what's really messed up about not communicating boundaries that I've found is then it solidifies that person in my head as this is who they are. This is what they do. And that doesn't love them well. It it does not speak the gospel over their life. So if they were selfish one time or if they were late Mm. one time or, Mm. you know, if they like talk too much in a coffee date one time, then instead of communicating that, I just let them be that. I let that become their identity in my mind, Mm -hmm. which does not love them well and doesn't love our friendship well. So I've done that a lot. But in my best case scenario, if I'm having conflict, if any kind of boundary is stepped over, communicated or not, I really do, same as you, I genuinely try to pray about it first. I try to say like, number one, God change my heart about this. Is there some other way I need to see this? Am I actually wrong? Like, did I, you know, have an expectation here that wasn't necessarily healthy, et cetera. Then here's what I do if this helps with a little bit of the application for our friends. I try to genuinely, casually communicate it the first time. And I would say I try to casually communicate it without minimizing it. So I'm not saying like, hey, it's no big deal. I'm not saying like, this is probably silly, but I am saying it casually because it's not a huge thing yet. You know, it's keeping a short account. So whether it was someone being late or someone I feel like wasn't totally honest with me, the first time I'm going to try not to attach a lot of meaning to it. And just try to say like, hey, I noticed this happened. This is why it frustrated me or this is why it like didn't sit well with me. And my husband has also taught me that like always end everything with a question. Like, is there some reason Mm -hmm. I'm misunderstanding this? Did I misunderstand what happened? Like, is there something I didn't understand about this? You know, did I, did I not communicate clearly or, you know, et cetera. So number one, genuinely pray. Number two, casually communicate without minimizing it. I agree with setting spoken boundaries. The other thing my therapist, I don't mind telling y'all, has helped me a ton with is to set unspoken boundaries in friendships. So for example, one for me would be, let's say this is like hypothetical, but not because again, four kids business, I'm like trying to be less present on my phone and more present with my people. So let's say I feel like someone is like communicating more than I'm able to adequately communicate back. Maybe they're calling me a lot or texting me a lot. And they're maybe just doing this to be loving and to be a good friend, but it still, I can't keep up or it's making me feel, you know, like, let's even say suffocated. I have two options and I can communicate that in a casual way and say like, Hey, just as an FYI, here are kind of my boundaries with phones, or I can have an unspoken boundary communicated by not picking up and not texting back. And maybe it depends a lot on the friendships and where they're at and like what needs to be communicated. That might be an interesting example because it might just help them to know like, hey, I'm not ignoring you. I just don't use my phone after 5 p.m. or something like that. But I would say like, don't hesitate to use unspoken boundaries sometimes because an unspoken boundary that you hold to on your end shows people, okay, this is an actual really healthy example, gossiping. If I feel like someone's gossiping in my presence, I will literally walk away. I don't say like, uh-uh, girl, don't talk about that. Or I don't say like, you know, can we change the subject? I don't do any, I'll just walk away. Like, I don't need to be a part of this conversation. It's okay. Like, that's your business. What you talk about is your business. That's your circle of holiness. This is mine. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> Did you say circle of holiness? 
I did. <laughs> okay. We can talk about that one later. <laughs> it's a phrase from Dan Stanra in my second book. It talks about like staying in your own circle of holiness, which is what you can control. You can't control other people's holiness. Yes. You don't mess with that. That's theirs. Anyways. And then lastly, I think it can be really helpful to just readjust expectations. And no, I have some friendships that are really like long haul ride or die. Like this is my sister. And I have friendships that they're not going to be that. And that is absolutely okay. And I can readjust my expectations about where we're going and about what God's going to do in and through our friendships. And that's a big one for me because if anybody's like me, I am a ride or die. When are we getting group tattoos, girl? Like <laughs> when we connect, I'm like, well, that's it. We're forever, you and me. And I've had to realize like that, that may not be every single relationship. And that's absolutely okay. Absolutely. Like, what do they say? You can only have like as many friends as you can like for one hand, what is that? How's yes, it something like that. I don't know. When we talk to Danielle, our friendship coach, she'll give us some good insight about this. She really will. So we could talk forever about this because I feel like, again, but mostly because this is not something that we really talk about. Like we don't talk about friendship. We talk about people who are our friends and we don't talk about the nitty gritties of yeah. this whole dynamic of friendship. But this series hopefully is going to be something that is extremely helpful, extremely encouraging and helps others, our women out there produce fruitfulness in their lives, if you will, in this area. Okay, I just think it would be Really great if I could just pray for our girls before we close this out, just to kind of start this off right. Thank you so much for this opportunity that Jess and I have, that we have together, that, that the team has, God, to dive into this conversation about relationship, God, because Lord, you are literally a God who defines friendship for us, God. You've given us the template, God, for what friendship looks like. God, you are literally the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to emulate that in some way, God, just by your Holy Spirit, God, that we can do that. Lord, we thank you that the women that come into this space who are a part of this community, God, that as we go through this series, God, that you will give them vision, new vision, God, for friendships and relationships that they have, that you will give them the knowledge they need to create the boundaries, to understand themselves better, God, that you've given them, you've given us all the tools we need, God. And I thank you that we will flourish in this season in relationship, in a season that that has been hard, a season that's been dead, a season that's been dry, a season where there's been so much loss, God. I thank you that we will come out of this season with more than enough, God, Lord. We will feel fulfilled first and foremost by you, but that we will also feel fulfilled by those that you've given us to do life with, God. And so I just thank you for that. We thank you for our girls. We thank you for these women. And we just pray and ask those things in your name. Amen. Amen. Friends, we are so excited about this friendship series. Make sure you check out the Go and Tell Gals Facebook group to keep this conversation going. We've got some coaches in there and some women to encourage you and continue talking about this episode with some different prompts so that you can absolutely just experience abundance in your friendship. 
Next week, we are talking with our friendship coach, Danielle Jackson. And later on in the series, as we have said, we are going to be talking to some of our real life friends to spill the dirt on what's working in our relationships and maybe a little bit of what hasn't worked in the past. We love you and we bless you and we commission you to go and tell the good news in Jesus' name. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful that you were able to listen in. If you love this episode, would you do us a favor and leave a review so other friends can find this episode? We pray it encouraged you and left you feeling equipped to run on mission right where you're at. We're super grateful for you and we will see you next week. Thank you.